The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about how to build a successful launch strategy that goes beyond launch. Joining us is Jordan West, who is the CMO and founder of Little and Lively and the CEO of Mindful Marketing. Little and Lively is a family clothing brand that generates mid-seven figures by selling ridiculously cute clothing for moms and littles. And Mindful Marketing is a marketing agency that helps scale e-commerce brands using tactics and strategies that Jordan uses on his own brand. Jordan's also the host of the very successful Secrets to Scaling podcast. And today, Jordan and I are going to talk about the psychology behind gated launches. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with Jordan West, the founder and CMO of Little and Lively and CEO of Mindful Marketing. Jordan, welcome to the MarTech podcast. Ben, it's so nice to be here. Can I call you Ben? Yeah, yeah. Ben, Benjamin, I've been called worse. Just as long as you don't confuse me with the political podcaster, I'm a different guy. Yes, yes, I know. When actually, when I had told one of my business partners that I was going to be on this podcast, he's like, you're on a political show or? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's news. You know, the funny thing is my uh, Twitter feed is the one where I really feel having the same name as the other Ben Shapiro. I get some Pretty nasty tweets, not to go into my political preferences, but everybody just calm down, okay? <laughs> so that said, Jordan, you are a man of many talents. You have your own e-commerce brand. You're running a marketing agency. You're doing a podcast as well. Tell me a little bit about life and your business and give me the lay of the land here. One thing that I didn't mention also is I was a paramedic for 12 years too. So I think that's what gives me the calm demeanor in business conversations that whatever sort of conversation we're about to have, um, can never be as scary as seeing what I've seen as a paramedic. So <laughs> that's kind of a big departure. Why don't we get into that for a second? How did you go from being a paramedic to getting into the marketing world? You know, business was always in my blood. It was definitely a family thing. It skipped my dad. My dad was a pastor, but I always felt like this need to be in business. So I actually purchased a Taco Del Mar, so a chain restaurant, and while I was doing that, I also had this really insane drive to become a paramedic. And so I did that all at the same time. So I was working, you know, 44 hours a week as a paramedic and plus running this restaurant that ended up losing me about $150,000 over the five year span. So I really needed a way to fund my business endeavors at the time. 
So you make the transition from being a paramedic to running a business and somehow you get into marketing as well. Talk to me, what came first? Was it the Little and Lively? Was it the marketing agency? How did you get into your current business? So when I owned the Taco Del Mar restaurant, we were actually a part of Subway. They had purchased the whole brand. So I was really interested in marketing. It was the one thing I was actually good at with the restaurant operations, absolutely terrible. But we tripled our sales in the five years that I had the store, still lost a ton of money. But throughout that, I got on every single possible board that I could be a part of so that I could see what the marketing teams were doing for our brand and they were doing for Subway. So I learned a lot during that time. And during kind of the end of when I owned the restaurant, my wife started to make leggings. So she was actually a fashion designer. And we had our first child, Daphne at the time, and we were trying out cloth diapers. Worst decision to try ever. Oh my God, what are you doing? I've got three kids now and there's just no way I would have ever thought of cloth diapers now. Dare I say that's a shitty decision. (laughs) So the problem was there was no leggings that actually fit diapers for kids. And so my wife being a fashion designer, it was super simple for her to make leggings with a little bit more room for a diaper for kids who were in diapers and, and cloth diapers at that. So she started to bring them to markets and people really liked them. They're like, wow, these are incredibly well-made. She was sewing all of them herself. A little bit later that year, we had our first wholesaler contact us and they were in a town about three hours away from us and they made a $500 order. And we're like, whoa, $500 order all at the same time. This is incredible. So at that point, we had to actually get sewers right around where we live and start sending our product out to them. Fast forward, I guess, six years now, six or seven years And we're a mid seven figure revenue brand, fairly well known in Canada. And that's sort of our main demographic at this point, or our main uh, area that we focus on. And yeah, that's really where it started. Now the marketing agency, how that came in, and I'm sure a lot of marketers listening to this will probably or founders listening to this will probably understand what I'm talking about. Well, my wife and I were running this company, once we got to about seven figures, we're kind of running the company together. And that didn't work. (laughs) It just didn't work us working day in and day out together. So I was always the marketing arm of Little and Lively. And I thought, I'm sure I can do this for other people. And so people started to ask me to come in and consult with them. And I thought, oh, yeah, I can do that. And suddenly I had all of these people. I was actually managing their ads for them. And it was a great transition away from the day to day in Little and Lively. And now it's grown into its own beast. And I really I'm passionate about marketing because I feel like that's really the initial driver of success for e-commerce companies. So that's kind of how I ended up where I am today. It's interesting to me that your working relationship with your spouse went from you two being peers to what's more of a natural relationship to you being a service arm for your wife. I guess guess that's very true. (laughs) At least that's how it feels in my family. So let's talk a little bit about running the business You've done a fair amount of product launches. You're not only doing them for Little and Lively, you're helping other brands do them as well. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. 
Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Talk to me about the mindset, the psychology behind your launch strategies, and why are gated launches so important? I'll just go back a little bit here with the gated launch strategy. So on my podcast, Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I had somebody come on right in the early days and they told me about how they were selling out of their launches, their new season launches, all to their VIP group. And I thought, how are you doing that? Like, And so I got into the mechanics of that and I thought, I'm going to try this on our company. So we launched a VIP group on Facebook. And what we decided to do was give them early access. So it started out as just a thousand people, 2000 people, and we would give them early access to launches. And we thought, oh, this is incredible. And they were okay. The launches were like, let's say $30,000 at a time before the general public got to be able to access the product. But once we added SMS into the mix, it was just a completely different ballgame. So walk me through what a gated launch looks like for you. A gated launch, essentially what we do is we password protect the website, and then we give out that password to our VIP list. So that's our VIP group on Facebook and our SMS list. So we allow them to enter the website early, and everybody else who wants access to that launch has to either join our SMS list or our VIP group to be able to get in. Okay, so you're basically cross-marketing between a group that you're able to get their contact information to be able to give them product offers. But you're also saying, hey, if you want these advanced notifications, if you want discounts, join the group so we can continue to message from you. And really what you're doing is you're filtering out some prospects to being hardcore customers because they're going to give you your contact information, thus sort of raising their hand, self-selecting to be part of the in crowd. Totally. And I think what it also does is psychologically, it creates this fear of missing out when they know for those two hours that they're one of the lucky ones who has access to this launch. And strategically, we end up actually selling out of products. And it's semi-strategically because we don't want a massive amount of inventory on hand, but it also allows us to figure out what's going to sell really well that season. And then that day, make our order (laughs) to our manufacturer to sell out of even more product. Interesting. So you're basically doing a small run of inventory, marketing it with the idea that it's going to sell out, looking at the velocity, and then you can make the decision on if you want to mass purchase the order or mass produce the order. Totally. And it's based on the particular SKUs that we find moving well, because we can have all the guesses that we want when we launch a new collection. 
but generally we're wrong. <laughs> it's crazy. We generally think that we know what our customers are going to purchase. And then they'll, by actually purchasing the product, show us what they actually want. So we still have a very large amount of inventory at any time, but we really don't make that massive purchase until we figure out what people actually want. And a gated launch is a wonderful way to be able to do that, especially from the customers that really love our brand. So I understand that you're getting an enthusiast community, you're giving them private access, making it feel exclusive, you're building some impulse and some fear of loss by offering a time-bound offer. Talk to me about the mechanics of announcing and marketing that offer without being disruptive or spammy. So we don't tell our SMS list about the offer until the day that it comes around because I don't feel like messaging your SMS list any more than once every two weeks is appropriate. Email is totally different. So we'll let our email list know that, hey, we're going to, on our VIP group, announce the password at this particular time and on our SMS list. And we'll always have links to that. So leading up to any sort of launch, we'll generally get between 500 and 1,000 new subscribers to both our VIP list and our SMS list. It seems like there are tiers to the type of outreach or, or how you think about your prospects where... SMS is the bottom of the list where you have the most direct connection to them. Talk to me about how you think of tiers and marketing and getting somebody down your funnel and ready to be a member of this exclusive community that you're going to give early access to your product launches. We obviously start with no awareness of our brand. And then we have subscribers at the Instagram and Facebook level, right? So people who just like our page and they're going to every once in a while actually see one of our posts. We're trying to move them, those people from Facebook and Instagram down into our email list. That's the next best place. After that, we want to move them from our email list into our VIP group if they've purchased. From the VIP group, we then want those people to join our SMS list, which I think is the best for notifications. The wonderful thing about the VIP group is that it's very collaborative between our customers. So they actually end up doing a lot of the customer service for us. Somebody will come on and ask, hey, how does this particular item fit? And 50 people will jump on and let them know what fits. And it's wonderful because the more engagement you get on that group, the more that those posts are actually going to be able to be seen because we use Facebook as the meeting place for that VIP group. What's interesting to me is that you're starting with marketing to get people to be members of your social community before you're actually trying to drive them to the website, before you're trying to collect any information. You really are creating sort of a tiered stage to your marketing. Are there scenarios where you're introducing your brand to customers that haven't heard it and just going right for the sale as direct response or right for email collection? Yeah, we use direct response in all of our marketing, but generally we're really trying to get their contact information. So we'll make sure that we've got email capture on our website when we're driving them to the website. We're not just targeting those people who like us on Facebook and Instagram, but those people make up the ones that are in that level. And I call that level two. Those people that are in that level actually make up a huge amount of our revenue because we've driven them into those channels. Now, talk to me about the cost at each of the stages that you have. You don't have to talk specifically about Little and Lively, but you work with a lot of e-commerce brands that I'm assuming have a similar range of how much does it cost to acquire somebody to be a Facebook group member? How much does it cost to get an email address? How much does it cost to have a VIP and an SMS subscriber? Walk me through how e-commerce brands should be thinking about what they should be paying for each stage of their funnel. I actually don't think about it as far as what that actual cost is. Like our overall cost per acquisition across essentially all of our fashion brands that we work with is generally in that $15 to $20 range, right? So that's the cost per acquisition completely across the board. 
That seems super low. It is. It's definitely a lot lower than the average for sure. What I'm really actually concerned with and where I go against popular wisdom is frequency. So I really believe in a high, high frequency. So our overall account frequency is 21. That's what we aim for. We aim for anywhere over 20 because people need to see your ads a lot. And I'm not saying your ad, like particular ad frequency is going to be 20. We're going to show them like 40 different potential ads across the full funnel. But I really believe in high frequency and multi-platform high frequency. And I believe that's why we get the kind of return on ad spend that we're able to get for clients and for Little and Lively. So I just was on Magic's podcast yesterday and we were chatting about the kind of return on ad spend. And I actually didn't really even realize with Little and Lively over the last seven months, we have gotten a 10.15 full funnel return on ad spend. That is incredible. And it's once we started thinking like, hey, we really got to up this frequency. And yeah, some people get annoyed, but that's very, very rare. And I think about the, the companies that I buy from, it's because I see it all the time and it actually is something that I want. That's really interesting. I mean, I'm sure that they're having a seasoned pixel, right? Understanding who your customer is and, you know, just nailing your targeting is an important part of that. But then not assuming that you're going to convert a customer with one impression. That's actually one of the things that we've talked about a lot in our ad sales for the MarTech podcast is how many times does a listener of the podcast need to hear an ad to actually start taking action? And what we've seen is it's four to six ad impressions at the audio ads before somebody shows up on your website. With an e-commerce platform, it might be significantly higher. You mentioned having a frequency of 20 across all of your ads. The 10x ROAS incredible number. Let's table this and we'll have this as our episode for tomorrow when we talk about the actual dynamics of launch and your launch strategy. I want to walk through that kind of on a step-by-step basis. So that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Jordan West, founder and CMO of Little and Lively and founder and CEO of the Mindful Marketing Agency. In part two of this interview, which we're going to publish tomorrow morning, Jordan and I are going to talk about how you can drive $250,000 in revenue in 24 hours without Facebook ads. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Jordan, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can visit his company's website. It's mindfulmarketing.co. That's M-I-N-D-F-U-L-M-A-R-K-E-T-I-N-G.co. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our once a week newsletter. You can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you could always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. 
Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.